0: Welcome everyone to the Weekly Spotlight from Diversity in Apps. My name is Kabir Seth. I'm recording this on a Friday, but it will be out on Sunday, so I want to wish all the mothers out there a very happy Mother's Day. I hope Sunday in New York is warmer than it's been this entire week. It's been rainy and dreary with coats and umbrellas, so here's hoping Sunday is a little nicer for all the mobs out there. Um, If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Diversity in Apps is a grassroots coalition. We're made up of researchers, producers, parents, and teachers. Our mission is to raise awareness and engage in research about the need for inclusive, equitable, and diverse children's media. So this podcast is one of the ways we do that. Um, And also, every week, we send out a newsletter. And... That's sort of how these two are connected. This podcast highlights a couple of those pieces in our newsletter, and I talk about them, uh, mention some some key points, and really hope to entice you to go out, read the whole thing, and share it with like-minded folks. Um, And in addition to that, sort of another segment that we have, we try to have every week, on this podcast is to welcome folks from the children's industry whether that's app developers whether that's researchers everyone's really welcome and this week I got to speak with Deborah Castiero founder and CEO of tippy-tom tales and the team at at tippy-tom tales has created an app both for Google and um, IOS and it's aimed at preschool learners, specifically in the Hispanic community. And Deborah, um, later in our conversation, she really talks about how this idea came about um, and, you know, what what prompted her to, um, to create the app and then um, as well as sort of what, what she's planning for the future. So it's a really interesting conversation coming up. So before I jump to the articles, I want to mention um, again, Diversity and Apps is looking for a summer intern to help refresh our website. So if you have website creation experience, you know someone who does, um, email us diversityinapps at gmail.com. Um, the website, um, sorry, the, the subject can just be website help. It's uh, diversityinapps at gmail.com all right let's get to this week's first article as i mentioned it's mother's day and i wanted to start with a medium post from alexander samuel entitled why kids screen time is a feminist issue so i have two kids and screen time is of course something that i think all parents think about um, Unless in my case, if it's a Michigan football game or, or Star Wars, then I think I, I tend to let things slide. Um, what this article is talking about is how the worry that we have about children and screen time is really about how society views things that makes a mother's life easier, uh, namely that society doesn't like it. Um, so she, she goes through a couple of examples. She mentions the guilt associated with baby formula, as well as sort of disposable diapers, Um, but really the overarching point is this anxiety that exists is really about the concern about liberating women from the demands of the home. And she makes a really interesting point, or at least it was interesting to me, um, is that the entire feminist movement can sort of be traced to this idea of women moving into the public space, um, whether that's you know by earning the right to vote, by working outside of the home, by running for public office, you know this idea of sort of the women's places on the home and the men's places outside in the public sphere are, are is um, is really about that transgressing that what what um, what the women's movement is about and. Um, ipad smartphone smartphones etc is a lot of you know is doing the same thing moms can go to a public space whether it's a restaurant etc and if a child gets fussy you know they hand over the smart device and um you know they're still able to eat dinner or or um just generally be in a public space and so the pub you know the shaming that goes with that sort of the the glares that um people give parents when they're handing over their smartphone their iPad obviously you know screen time used to be a private thing now that it's portable sort of there there's this judging that goes on and really what the author is saying is that you're not shaming you know you're shaming the mother for essentially asserting her needs you know she she wants to go to this public space there's this device that allows her that if something happens, if the child is sort of not cooperating, allows her to still be in that um, public space. I, I found it to be a really fascinating piece that, that sort of goes back, like I said, and, and traces the history and, and talks about and links to a number of other articles and, and research. Um, you should definitely check it out um, and, and read through the, the rest of the links that, that she posts. Um, really good stuff. Our second piece is from the American Indians in Children's Literature blog. And it talks about a comic uh, hero that launched last year. Um, And it's about, it's really a Native American superhero named Captain Paiute. And the creator of Captain Paiute, um, Theo So, is actually a Paiute himself. He comes from that um, from that tribe, and the article mentions that he, the reason he did this is because the Native Americans he saw, you know, whether it was in children's media or just in media in general, you know, played the sidekick or was sort of a mystic or something else that just sort of spoke in this ridiculous way, and he actually links to um, a, a YouTube video that is just unbelievable. Um, if you get a chance, you should definitely check that out, and the theme of you know this idea of sort of um, you hear this all the time from creators who who've created something um, diverse or sort of reflect it's a reflection of them. I wanted to create something that was a reflection of me, my culture, my background, and it's something that echoes over and over again. And research, of course, tells us that this is super important for kids to see this, and it's super important for your bottom line as well. I mean, you can go back and listen to. You know um, our old podcasts that that talk about this reach research, and one other thing that um, the article talks about is so also mentions the monolithic depictions of Native Americans. So you know just sort of they they all lived in teepees, etc. And um, you know he, he's making the point that Paiutes didn't live in in teepees. That that's not what happened. And you know they were they had a distinct farming culture and. So he wanted to reflect that in the in the comic that he created, and the origins story itself is is pretty standard for a superhero, right? The um, Captain Paiute is is an orphan. He's raised um, by his grandfather when he sort of discovers his his um, superpowers when some sulfuric acid spills on him and and it heals. But the part that is really interesting to me is obviously. You're ha- you have a Native American superhero, um, probably the first one ever, and the fact that he's living with his grandfather means one of the things that the creator did then was have the grandfather, um, you know, basically use that relationship to talk about Paiute history. And, you know, if if this superhero is sort of learning about Paiute history in the comic, then the kids who are reading it, and even the adults who are reading it, are learning it as well and that's interesting it's diverse and it makes a really great read and you know you should check out the article it, it links to the the sneak peek of the second issue um, some of the merchandise and it's it's just a really fascinating piece I'd love to have um, have Theo so on on to talk about it a little bit more so that's our articles wrap um, check out the other two pieces that we have in the newsletter and with that, let's get right to our interview. All right, folks, as I like to say, we love to have um, new voices on the weekly spotlight on diversity in apps. And this week, we have Deborah Castiero, the founder and CEO of Tippy Tom Tales. Deborah, thanks so much for, for coming on.
1: Muchas gracias, Kabir, for having me.
0: Um it's uh it's great to hear your voice. I um I've gotten a chance to play with the uh the Tippy Tom app. Um it's it's right now on on the app store as well as the Android store, correct? That's right. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about it, sort of um what the app is addressing and, and sort of how you how you came to uh to building it out. Sure. Uh well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, as
1: a as a Latina who has worked in the Hispanic market my entire career, um, I have come to realize through reading a lot of information and a lot of reports about this thirty million word gap that I'm sure lots of people have also heard about. And essentially, what that is about is that average low income children hear thirty million fewer words. Than his or her higher income peers, uh, by the time he or she is just three years old. Oh wow! And which is ex- really disturbing, right? And right. um, and H- Hispanic children essentially are the least likely group out of any group to attend preschool. Mm -hmm. So this is a market that's growing. It's the largest and most rapidly growing segment of the U.S. population. One in four um, children are Hispanic. And yet, you know, according to Hart and the researchers, Hart and Risley, they wrote a report called the early catastrophe. Mm -hmm. So... I, you know, for years I've worked in the Hispanic market and I was completely unaware of this crisis. Sure. And um, because of my background and this newfound knowledge base, I decided to venture into this space to try to address this very serious problem.
0: And when you say your background, where um, what, what was your background prior to prior to starting this?
1: Yeah, so I have always worked um, in the Hispanic market. And mm-hmm. I was with, my background is mainly in entertainment and media. I worked okay. for Sony Music for 10 years. And oh, wow. I am essentially the pioneer behind uh, Sony Music's Latino crossover strategy. So many years ago, I had this vision about looking at Sony's um, Hispanic repertoire and thinking of strategies to cross over those artists. So it started mm-hmm. with Ricky Martin. I actually right. produced and wrote his first um, single, and then we signed Mark Anthony, and then we signed J Lo. I was her one of her Latin publicists for several years, and then we signed oh, wow. Shakira. And then after that, I went into film. I worked with, you know, Mel Gibson on The Passion of the Christ. I worked with Disney. I worked with MGM. And mm-hmm. then I had the amazing privilege and honor of working for the chairman of VMM Media, which is essentially public television in Espanol. Okay. Um, I work for Mario Baeza, someone I have great respect for. And one of the tasks that he assigned to me was to work on a white paper about the Latino educational crisis. And here I am like calling myself an expert and yeah, I was completely unaware of this very serious problem. And in that white paper, what we were really looking at was newfound research on the astounding effectiveness of what is a dual language pedagogy versus bilingual education. So the distinction there, Kabir, is in the past, it's been combined in the same setting. And what you're seeing all around the country is schools converting to a dual language methodology where the kids one day, everything is in English. The next day, everything is in Spanish okay, and then vice versa. So it really levels the playing field for kids who... Are predominantly Spanish language dominant to really excel and shine on those days where it's in Spanish and then vice versa for other kids and it's really a shame because in many cases we look at Hispanic kids who are Spanish language dominant as if mm-hmm. that's it's a deficiency versus right.
0: asset and so while this I, is this is really fascinating yes. so Um, So I've, I've experienced sort of a immersion setting where sort of everything is in Spanish and it, it sounds like this is basically almost like a hybrid of, of, you know, English dominant and, and immersion. It's, you know, like you said, one, so it's one day, like Mondays in English and Tuesdays, everything's in Spanish and then Wednesday it goes back to English like that is that how it works
1: yes yes okay so uh, schools are in, in a school setting they're either um, doing a 90 10 model uh-huh. where especially in the early years so like for example I visited La Escuela Internacional Bilingue in Oakland okay. and it, they have a preschool so in the early years it's 90 percent in Spanish and 10 percent in English and as they progress through the process, then I think starting in middle school, it flips to a 50, 50 model, but they really are looking for an immersive experience. And it was Mm -hmm. so awesome because I actually had lunch with, um, seven four year olds who had just been in the program one year. Uh We had lunch and these kids, none of them were Hispanic. They were speaking to me in fluent Spanish. I speak Spanish fluently. I'm Latina, first generation. And I was simply amazed, you know, because I led the conversation in Spanish and they just jumped in and their Spanish was like almost perfect (laughs) at four years old. Because, you know, kids really have the greatest propensity to acquire a second language.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, so, getting back to uh, sort of your story, so you discovered this sort of gap, um, this 30 million word gap. Um, through, no, no, through no. no. I didn't research.
1: discover. I mean, lot, there's <laughs> been lots of research by very prestigious researchers who right, have. Right. Right. But I became enlightened about sure. the 30 million word gap and sure. um, wanted to. You know, we're not the end all solution. I mm-hmm. what I want to do is give parents. I want to be part of their toolkit. Right. To help accelerate to help stimulate language learning through a dual language p- pedagogy?
0: Sure, sure. So how did you um, I guess what was sort of the timeline for um, you 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 identify or, or you um, came across this 30 million, that, Word gap, and then sort of was there sort of an epiphany that hey, we need to d- develop an app, or sort of did you look for different avenues of yeah. of how how do we um, overcome this this problem?
1: Right. Well, you know what's what's interesting about becoming aware of a problem like this, and then how it circled back to me on a personal level. So, and I all when I when I when I had an epiphany, it was not only a professional, insightful epiphany, but it was also very much a personal epiphany because A, um, I was raised by a Spanish language dominant mom Mm -hmm. who we low income, we lived in low income housing, single mom, she worked three jobs, um, but she was very pro education. She worked for the Department of Education as a secretary. So she had a lot of friends who were PhDs and so I was, you know, around a lot of really smart people, but out of financial need, like a lot of immigrant parents, they send their children back to the homeland, and so at seven years old, my mom put me on a plane by myself and sent me to Panama to spend the summer with my grandmother, and I remember being completely terrified when I got to the airport. I mean there was a, a, a group of people who were speaking very loudly and very enthusiastically and it literally was like Chinese to me. I didn't understand anything and I remember feeling very, very scared. Mm-hmm. Well three months later because of my age I, and because of that immersive experience, I came back completely bilingual and also fell in love with the culture. So while my mom felt guilty about set, sending me, it really set the stage for what I would end up doing in my career. and then. You know, it also this kind of like all came back full circle. Something I hadn't even really thought about, and and so I really have a heart for my audience because I know what it's like to be thrusted in a, an environment where you don't speak the language. Right. And so, um, getting back to your your question, it's like with, with my experience with the white paper, with my personal experience, and also working with nonprofits. I set out on this journey, really, um, I, for two and a half years, I was really focused on creating a bilingual video series, because oh, you know this came out of a um, net, television network platform, mm-hmm. sure. and then I, I realized I wasn't going to get the support of Univision or Telemundo. It just uh-huh. not on their radar at that particular time, I think. The conversation may be changing soon. Yeah. I hope so. Anyway, so last year I decided to pivot and not focus on becoming a a producer of a show.
0: Right. And
1: instead um, ventured into the app development space. And sure. Now I have a new title um, (laughs) when I knew nothing about developing apps. I ventured right. in I launched um, my MVP my minimum viable product
0: right right and so that launched last May correct
1: yes
0: okay okay and um why don't you talk a little bit about sort of the app what are the um, I know you have little little gamelets within it what are what are those little games and sort of how um, how did you set it up to to have both English and, and Spanish within it
1: Right. So, you know, I took, um, I had produced a one-minute animated demo um, Mm -hmm. for the networks and then decided to incorporate that. And and then looked at, you know, what are the uh, curriculum objectives required of preschoolers while learning their letters, their colors, numbers, and shapes. And so it's a very simple app. Right, but it what you see in English is mirrored in Spanish, so we have, um, you know, there's so there's six activities to participate in one is Mm -hmm. the video. One is a mini dictionary in English and Spanish to learn your letters, colors, numbers, and shapes. There's a a puzzle activity to help kids work on their fine motor skills. There's Match the Color, which is one of the favorites of our users, where kids Mm -hmm. can grab fruits and match them up with the right uh, colored box. There's a memory game um, as well, and where, again... We're, we're making it fun and interactive, but also ensuring that they're learning some vocabulary and context.
0: Right, yeah, I mean, my uh, my son is three, and so when I showed it to him, you know, he immediately recognized um, the curriculum, like you said, you know, he he picked up right away on the memory, I think memory and painting seems to be yes. his, his two favorite um, that he really enjoys, so um, I definitely recognize the fact that you have brought in that preschool um, curriculum. And so um, you mentioned that sort of this came out of the idea of originally being a, a TV series. So you really created a set of characters, right? A set of uh, yes. basically a world that these characters live in. So um, who who are these characters? And it, it sounds like um, there's a little bit of, of your personal um uh, experience within some of the characters oh
1: if, uh. very much so. <laughs> they're my second familia for sure. sure so you have you have Tippi who's um, Spanish language dominant and she's mm-hmm. chilena and and then you have Tom who's more like me who um, is a gringo Latino who's right. connected to his culture who speaks both languages and he's helping his cousin. Learn right. right in the process, and I had that exact same experience with my cousin uh-huh. Um He was there every day to torture me and fight right. with me, but also to <laughs> teach me Spanish. <laughs> sure. And then I had, you know, such a special relationship with my my grandmother. So, a lot uh-huh. of a lot of Latino kids are home with their grandparents, and um, they play a very important role in a in early childhood education for Hispanic children so Mm -hmm. Abuela Fina is actually named after my mom and all these characters are very aspirational Um, she she has an organic garden and Uh she's all about healthy eating and so uh, that's really important to me and with the high incidence of childhood obesity amongst Hispanic kids. I wanted to talk about, have an opportunity to talk about healthy eating. And then you've got Abuelo Panco, who's named after my deceased uncle, God rest his soul. And Uh he's like a Geppetto-like genius. So he has a workshop down in the basement and he actually built um, uh, Tom's Tablet Uh, the talking tablet yeah and then their best friends chico i wanted to make sure that we represented dark-skinned latinos as well so she's half dominican and then we have Uh cha-cha-cha is very special to me because um she represents this indigenous tribe that exists today called the kuna indians um Uh live outside the coast of panama and then there's the mascots um Coqui the frog to represent Puerto Rico, and Paco el Perro to represent Mexico.
0: Um, so, when we talk about Tippy and Tom, I know you mentioned that Tom is sort of um, is sort of like you um, in that you're a Gringo Latina. But um, is it is it all New York based? Um, the uh, the um, setting.
1: Oh, I that's kind of like our secret sauce. Fair so enough. I, Fair enough you'll have to see when we release the new version of the
0: app. Sure. Okay. And, um, I I think it's interesting, like you said, that Tom is sort of based on you, but at the same time, sort of, it's Tippi's experience probably that everything is sort of English centric is almost like vice versa of your experience when you went over that summer, right? To Panama. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is really fascinating and interesting. (laughs) Um, I almost want to like go down to, um, Go down to the grandfather's uh, workshop and check out what what he's building. This is really great stuff. That's what
1: we're trying to do really is to create an affinity, right, for this world. Sure. And and allow, um, well, two things. Allow Latino kids to see themselves, right, in a really authentic way where we're Mm -hmm. celebrating that they do speak Spanish. And we're celebrating by recognizing their culture. And doing it in a way that's very positive, and uh, for um, non-Latino kids, it's a wonderful experience to experience culture. So, Absolutely. You know, I'm working with uh, Jill Casa Turner, who's an Emmy Award-winning scriptwriter, and one of the things that she said to me was, "What I love about Tippy Tom is that you're going to be able to give my kids a cultural experience." that they probably won't won't ever really have. Let's say if they're, you know, visiting a Latino neighborhood and she goes, I just I love that. And imagine the kind of experiences that you can give kids who have, you know, aspirations to to visit certain neighborhoods and see certain things. That's what we want to do is really empower kids and, and make it really fun, entertaining while also recognizing the real importance of the education piece. That's this is not you know an entertainment play, a right. full entertainment play. We really want to live in that edutainment
0: space. For sure, for sure. I think you know, like I said, I, I think that comes through very well, even on um, the MVP that you built. I think um, you know, one thing you touched on is this idea of children being able to see themselves in the media they consume, and it's so critical. I, you know, it's one of the things that diversity and apps is. Is focused on throughout children's media is this idea that um, children just naturally um, have an affinity to um, when they see themselves reflected in the media, their experiences reflected in the in the media they consume, and um, like you said, it's it's not a case where we're othering these these kids or this these characters this is a part of them and we're basically celebrating the fact of of who they are and who their culture are yeah it's very exciting thank you so you meant you you launched basically a, a year ago and and what has sort of been been the reaction how have you sort of gone out to get to get feedback and and sort of plan your product roadmap so to speak
1: Yes, we've done a lot of user testing with three, four, and five-year-olds, great. and have spoken to a lot of parents. And I'm—I got to tell you, I mean, there have been uh, some, you know, UX user experience sure. design issues that we're addressing right now. Um, so we're definitely going to make some great improvements um, to the update. Mm-hmm. But basically, what I've heard from parents and from kids all along is that. They're, they really enjoy the experience. Right. Um, they're having fun with it. And not just Latino kids. I'll give you a perfect example of a little girl. Her name is Aya. Uh-huh. Her parents are from um, Japan. They have only been in the country maybe six months. So uh, Aya is like learning English, right, while uh-huh. she's learning Japanese. and. Uh-huh. um she sat down, she was having a moment. I was like, Aya, come here. I want to show you my app. And so I gave it to her, and she watched the video and she's like laughing. You know, <laughs> the video is mainly in Spanish. Right, so she's right. really enjoying that experience. And then she went into the painting game and spent an hour, you know, in the painting part of the app. And just, you know, when her mom wanted to take the iPad away, <laughs> she was so pleased. But yeah. what I get from kids is that. They they enjoy it. The the parents are saying that they're they're learning. The parents are specifically looking for something, sure, you know that helps learn Spanish and English. But their biggest complaint is, what? Where are the other videos? And when can I see more of Tippy Tom and uh. kids? Kids already kind of experiencing this world and saying like, well, I want to play with the other characters too. Yeah. So. That's something that we're we're working on. And I'm very excited to share with you and your audience that um, we essentially got the attention of American Greetings Entertainment. Fantastic. uh, Yeah. And so we're doing a content licensing deal with that company to integrate Care Bears into the next version of r 2 b Top. Yeah. So, which is amazing because, you know, a small startup like yeah. mine to recognize by a big, big company like that is, speaks of uh, validation. And- yeah. That's,
0: that's absolutely fantastic. Congratulations on that.
1: Thank you. Thank and you so much.
0: What's the, um, what's the timeline for sort of, um, both to, to integrate the Care Bears piece and then just generally what your, your next version of the app.
1: Yes. Um, We hope to deliver the next uh, version of Tippy Tom in the first quarter of 2017 in time for uh, Care Bears' 35th anniversary. Oh, wow, great. Uh, Yeah. um, And what we're, you know, to get there, like every startup, we have to raise money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, for any potential investors out there, (laughs) any angels, um, we've got great. Traction certainly. We um, we just got accepted into Unreasonable's uh, early education accelerator that's take- taking place in Denver in June. Awesome. We are um, in partnership with uh, Facebook because we got accepted into their Facebook Start program and are working on a web-based version for their Free Basics platform.
0: Awesome, and
1: so. Yeah. We've got some amazing partnerships and I'm very excited about that. Um, And certainly I couldn't have done any of this without the amazing team that I've been working with. So I want to just give a shout out to, uh, if that's okay, to Jill Kaza. To Dr. Zumaris Diaz and Dr. Linda Espinosa, who are experts in what is bilingual and dual language education, and my app developers in Costa Rica, Happy Dog Games, Um, you know, two animators who are like a stellar, incredible creative team of animators. And so I just, I've gotten a lot of love and support. I, I can't. How amazing it's been! That's and, fantastic. And, include, and you too, Kabir, for inviting the <laughs> show. Oh,
0: no, uh, no problem on that. We love, we love having folks like you on. Um, and like you said, um, you know, startups are um, are a difficult world, and and you need all the support you can get. And like you mentioned, it it takes an entire team to to make that happen. Um, is uh, I know you guys are in the process of of raising money right now. Are you? Yes. Um, are you in the process of hiring or is there um, should people go to your to our website and reach out to you if, if they're interested in in becoming a part of the team?
1: Oh most definitely we are absolutely growing our team I've been interviewing um, app developers who have strong expertise in in UX and also in the children's space and who are passionate about our mission which is really critical I mean those are the kind of people that um, we're looking for and I have an amazing advisory committee of just stellar individuals. There's always room on that committee for anyone who you know wants to get involved, and um, we're looking for you know UX UX uh, designers. Um, we're also looking for opportunities to do user testing at preschools.
0: Awesome.
1: So yeah, by all means, um, TippyTom.com and. Uh, you can reach me, Debra, with an H at the end, at tippytom.com as
0: well. Great, great. And so, um, one one thing I wanted to ask you is, do you when you go out and sort of user test this, especially with with Latino families, do you sense a just a hunger for for more of this?
1: Yes, I. What's what's really exciting to see is that, um, well, a for for our end user, the three, four, and five year old, them understanding like what's happening in the app, what's happening in the video, and then going right. in and playing all three levels and just laughing and being engaged and enjoying themselves, and and then just w- with Hispanics in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, e- there were, there's a couple things going on. So there are Hispanic parents that fully recognize that their children need to learn English. Sure. But there are also Latinos out there who want their kids to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. They may not be bilingual themselves or they are bilingual and they want their kids to learn Spanish. So there's a whole, like, there's a retro acculturation yeah. thing going yeah. on. And then there's, because you know with and you you recognize this being that you have family abroad it's like, like being connected to the language is what allows you to be connected to the culture i think in a really intimate and authentic way yeah for and sure. um and also recognizing that you know we're living in a global economy and knowing a second language which is really important the issue at hand particularly in the united states is that we introduce a second language in middle school which is just far too late i mean all the science indicates that the brain is far you have a far greater aptitude before the age of 7 right and so it's you know it's confusing that we still you know are have are implementing this archaic uh, strategy when we should start early and certainly there are a lot of cities that are getting more and more progressive about how how to enhance cognitive development right Right. and they know that that's going to happen through a second language so i think it's an interesting time i feel like now more than ever the u.s. is more open especially in the bigger cities Mm -hmm. i mean I, i I, um I'm based right now in Stanford Connecticut and I can tell you that when I walk down the street in Stanford it's like a mini New York right I hear people speaking Spanish sure. Russian Hindi, and English right in a in a small city like this right and I, I think with the influx of you know uh, people from China and people from India and people from Russia, we're really starting to see a change, a real pivot in the United States, and hopefully we just continue to be more open to other people's cultures and language preferences and stop perceiving them as a deficiency and right. look at that really as an asset.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely that's that's really well said, and um, I think especially that last bit about the the language being an asset um, and, and not a deficiency is, is something that we um, – we have to start changing minds on that. So, um, this is fantastic. I, I can sort of see the, the, the future of, of where you guys envision yourself, but where, where do you see, you know, where's Tippy Tom do you think in, uh, certainly in, in a year you guys are looking to launch with American greetings. Is there sort of, um, additional licensing that you, that you see that path or, or is it also sort of expanding out from, from the app store?
1: Right. Uh most definitely so we we want to um take our existing content and scale it in a way that allows us to reproduce everything in a second language so looking at english and mandarin looking sure. at english and russian these critical needs languages and really partnering with um on their free basics platform because mm-hmm. Imagine there are so many people out there. The majority of people outside the United States are on a two G network with, um, you know, cell phones from fifteen years ago with right. a really teeny screen. And the majority of those people who are in rural areas are looking to the inter- internet for a learning experience. And we mm-hmm. want to be able to provide that their families and kids with the opportunity to learn English um, in. To support their native language. Uh, yeah. I think that's a very exciting um, opportunity for us to, to collaborate with Facebook. And then uh, looking at producing, you know, uh, a, a video series that could be bundled and hopefully packaged to uh, VOD platforms right. like right. Netflix or Amazon Prime. And then uh, we're certainly looking at a license. Model, we want to be on kids' with Tippy and Tom. Step aside, Dora. It's you know, there's a there's a new player in town. So, um, so that's our that, that's like our five year plan is multiple languages and looking at um, other uh, platforms and and merchandising.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's fantastic. Well, Deborah, let's uh, let's definitely stay in touch as uh, as you continue this journey. We'd love to have you on again and uh, and and see where where things stand.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's, I think what you guys are doing fantastic in terms of awareness about diversity and apps. Certainly, very important and dear to my heart. So, congratulations on all your good work. Thank you, thank you. Take care. All right, bye bye.